0: Let's take some deep breaths. Yeah. I'm doing this work-life balance meditation. It's about just being mindful when you're feeling anxious. Okay, what are we doing?
1: I'm already recording. Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) So, we've been asked to do another travel episode, yeah. which, you know, because we've been all over the world and back in the last four months. Yep. So, we thought we'd share that with you because, hey, where were you at home? Well, we weren't. We were everywhere. No. <laughs> well, not, not recently. Really. but Not even really in our heads because all our heads died anyway and oh. we weren't really doing anything. But we'll just pretend. So, we thought instead we might give you some stories of old and just talk about the essence of travel, really. Yeah. Yeah. So, Kath, I'm going to ask you yeah. at the outset, like, what is what is this mindset we have when we travel? What is that thing that gets into you when you're lining up either domestic or international? International is a little bit more exciting, despite the frustration of the queues. But, oh, what, but
0: you've got a passport.
1: What's the fire? Where's the fire?
0: Uh, I think it's about stepping outside of normal. What is your normal life? And putting yourself in a situation where you kind of don't know what's going to happen. And even if you've planned and you know where you're going and, you know, you're not going off at 21 and doing the European adventure and not knowing where you're going, even when you've got a plan, you kind of don't know what to expect. And I think there is a sense of freedom in that because Mm. you've just kind of got to go with the flow. And even as a person like me, who's not necessarily a go with the flow kind of person, I think when you put yourself into new places, you've got to become different because you've got to be open to opportunity. And I think that's what travel's all about. It's about being open to opportunity.
1: Will you, will you pick destinations which put you out of your comfort
0: zone? No, I wouldn't say that necessarily. But I think that when you go somewhere different, particularly for the first time, which, which leads, me to, leads me to the point that I can't understand people who go back to the same place all the time. Because I reckon the world's a big place. Mm. And you're talking
1: international.
0: Oh, well, particularly. Mm. Uh,
1: and, you know, we all you're not need talking to... of Oka Beach. No, because mm. I know that and mm. I
0: know what to expect and it's going to be beautiful.
1: Which is another level of travel because that's another level of that element where you know you're, you're going to be in a certain state of relaxation because everything is familiar. So the familiarity, even though it's not your home familiarity, Yeah, there's a level you... of comfort to it. That's right. Whereas when you go... But it still allows you the space... Yes, of yep. course, mm. to
0: be different and not get up early and mm. read books and go to the beach and just chill. Be spontaneous. Be spontaneous. Mm. But I think when you put yourself in a position with a passport, going somewhere that you haven't been before, the world's kind of your oyster, dare mm. I say it.
1: Because it's even exciting just getting your passport. Well, it's just exciting booking a bloody holiday, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: thinking that you're going somewhere else. yeah. You know, because you're stepping outside yourself. And that's yeah. what I think is exciting.
1: Do you, what about the thing where you say, okay, you're not going to return to the same place. But, I mean, each place in itself is enormous. So, yes. so, you know, somewhere like Bali, which is a tiny island, has a myriad of different opportunities and different experiences.
0: Oh, yeah, I totally agree. And look, I went back to India twice in six months. Mm. So, you know, it doesn't always have to be wacky and wild. No. But I just think you need to be open to the difference. Mm, mm. and have an open mind. Mm. And I also think, and particularly as a younger traveller, probably not so much now, uh, but as a younger traveller, you're willing to take a risk. I mean, I've done crazy shit on holidays that I would never do at home. So tell us about it, Kath. I suppose the craziest holiday I've ever had was when I was going to meet up with some mates who had been diving in Galapagos. And I couldn't go to Galapagos because it was Christmas and I worked in the liquor industry and that's our busiest time. So I met them after traveling on my own to Buenos Aires. So I had a couple of days in Buenos Aires, which was kind of interesting because, you know, big machismo, South America stuff. And I was very careful in Buenos Aires, but when I got off the plane and you're thinking about... How do I get to my hotel? And there's cabs and there's drivers holding bloody signs and all that. So I went with this off-piste kind of driver just thinking, how bad can it be? I've got American dollars. I'm going to be okay. Anyway, halfway to my hotel, he said, I need petrol and I need you to pay for it. Oh. Oh. And I went, I'm not paying for it, okay, because I've employed you as a driver. But, of course, they're not registered. There's no Mm. tracking, you know. I mean, what kind of fool was I? Anyway, anyway. I said, I'm not paying for it. So I was screaming. He's screaming at me in Spanish. I just said, just get me to the fucking hotel. So I get to the hotel. I get out of the car. I run in and I say to the concierge, you've got to come out and sort this out. Like this guy's screaming at me. He says I owe him money for petrol. I just want to pay for the journey. And it was just hideous, absolutely hideous.
1: Great start to your holiday. Yeah,
0: beautiful. Mm. Uh, And then, anyway, Buenos Aires was interesting. I spent a couple of days there on my own, walking around looking at beautiful, you know, did the Eva Peron in the cemetery, doing all that. But I was very aware that I was a woman traveling on my own. So that was not crazy, but crazy getting into that bloody car. I mean, what was I thinking? Just go with a cab, right? Anyway, that was that. And then from Buenos Aires, I flew up to Quito. And that's where my friends were coming in from Galapagos. And we had Christmas in Quito. Anyway, one day I was uh, walking through Quito, and and you know you look so bloody obvious. You know you're white. You've clearly got money. And at Christmas time, all of the tribes come down from the mountains into Quito. And I was being followed. There's no doubt. And I'm walking by myself. And I went into a church because they won't touch you in a church. So there was just a couple of times where I felt a bit anxious. Then we flew on this tiny baby plane out to where we were going to the Cayabino National Park. And then when we get picked up at the other end, we drive, and then we have to get on this flat-bottom canoe to get to our camp. And there's only a certain number of camps in this national park. It's very, very strongly managed from an environmental point of view. So we get in this flat-bottom boat and everyone else is in couples except me or my London friends. And I'm at the back of the boat and I've got the kind of driver behind me and he's got a a motor on this flat-bottom boat. And we're going along this river and it's all Mm. amazing. It's starting to get dark. So you can see fireflies. I've never seen a firefly. Mm. like Beautiful. And then there's all these logs on the river and he gets the canoe across the the logs, and we get stuck, right? And he said, you got to get out. I said, what? And he said, you've got to get out and help me push the canoe across the bloody... Li-. I said, what am I, I'm not a fucking lumberjack, right? So I have to get out, and everyone's silent because you can tell everyone's anxious. Only you... No, all the other people in front of me. Did and I'm... they get out as well? No, oh. just me <laughs> to help do the lumberjack job and push this fucking, you know, flat bottom boat across these forded, you know, logs. And... See, it's your
1: shoulders, your favourite part of your body. Oh, They were, no. they were <laughs> <Christ>.
0: <laughs> So anyway, logs. so I'm having to run across the logs yeah. and all I can hear is the swish of caiman tails all around us. And caimans are alligators. And everyone
1: else is quite safe in the boat.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, And they're just sitting there. No one's speaking because it's just
0: anxiety plus. And I'm there running over locks.
1: locks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thinking, if I fall in, a caiman's going to come and get me. And as it turns out, caimans don't eat humans. But Jesus, when you've got an alligator-looking thing coming in off all the banks of the river... Not feeling all that comfortable. Anyway, we got, we finally got over these logs and he got the bloody motor going again. Oh, shit. Anyway, we get to the camp and I said, get me out of here, get me off. And I, we ran up and you, there was no alcohol there or anything, but we had a bit of duty-free bloody Bacardi rum or something. I just necked it because
1: right? <laughs> I was just
0: like, fuck me. <laughs> and so that that was the most incredible trip I've ever done in Ecuador because then we went walking with naturalists and stuff. Nothing on the bloody Caymans. <laughs> no, no. Well, yes, because I fell into quicksand. <laughs> So ah. we're walking through ah. this tra- and we're eating, you know, those lemon ants that uh, taste like Sherby bombs and he's explaining all the medicinal herbs and everything and I just happen to fall into fucking quicksand. And I'm going, ah! Ah! <laughs> like a like screaming like a banshee. So, no, it doesn't finish there. So anyway, I got dragged out of the
1: quicksand and that was just terrifying. Like uh, quicksand uh, like you see in the movie? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, not good. What's the feeling? What's the sensation? Uh,
0: like no control. Is how it feels because you are just – you can't get your footing. So it's really scary. Is it
1: – are you sinking very fast? Yeah, you're fast? sinking. You're sinking. Well, not too not fast. not down to your waist. So
0: people could d- grab my arms and drag me out of that. I was going, Jesus Christ, and there's no booze in the camp. Like, what am I going to do? Anyway, we get back to the camp. Tarantula on the ceiling. Mm. Yeah, good. Mm. And, of course, it's hot as hell. Mm. So we're in these little tents and you've got the mosquito thing over you and stuff just sweating like nothing on earth because it's as hot as hell and all of a sudden i'm in bed and i can hear this animal like going next to the fucking tent and the next morning i said to what the hell happened last night there's this thing trying to get into my bed into the tent and he said oh let me go and look at the footprints or something and i said okay So he goes and looks at the footprints and he said it was a tapir. I can tell it was a tapir, which is this thing with a really long nose. And he said they were coming after the salt. They, they ah. eat salt, so they like salted water. And, and obviously I was sweating like, <laughs> God knows what. All I could smell was salt on my scalp. I've just got to fucking get me out of here. And then we go swimming the next day. That was the most – I had dropped toilets, all that stuff. I've got my bloody eucalyptus oil and doing all that <laughs> crazy stuff.
1: Oh, God. What's the rest of the party doing?
0: Oh, I don't know. Having a great time. <laughs> I, I don't know. It felt like it was just me. I'm sure it was confronting for. Not being tappied, not being tapired and not you know they're
1: like an anteater. Yeah, like an anteater. They'd
0: go for salt. So you know, I did the research afterwards. Yeah, of course. Um, And then we go swimming the next day, which is beautiful. You go out in the flat bottom canoe, and we're all and we're swimming, and there's you know there's bush turkeys up in the and beautiful orchids that just growing off the trees and stuff. And then he said, "Let's do a bit of fishing and stuff." And we're swimming, and one of my friends says, "We just pull this paranya – you know, catfish and piranha out of the out of the river, and she, Annabelle, says to me, "Oh, oh sorry, I, I'm not sure. I've actually got my period." Oh <laughs> like, What the fuck? Are you kidding me? And piranhas are the most tiny fish, but yeah. they've got those nasty, nasty teeth, and of course, and they make all the water go like, you know, like yeah, crazy. yeah, crazy, yeah. But they also hunt in packs.
1: Yeah, I've just got get
0: in the. You fool! So that was the most confronting holiday I've ever had. How like relaxing, so gosh. No. So outside of comfort zone. I did learn how to play backgammon and I did oh. stare at a, at, at a tarantula on the roof of the bloody tent. How oh. long was that for? Uh, I reckon we were there for about five days. <laughs> And then then we have to come out. Really
1: a lifetime in Kathy oh, Lane's world. Jesus
0: Christ. <laughs> and then we come out and we get back to where we need to go and we have to leave early in the morning. And then we have to get on a bus, like a public bus, mm. to get to where we were going back to Quito to get the flight to Curacao. And uh, that's mm. the arse end of the Caribbean. But anyway, I've been there.
1: That's the blue drink.
0: Yeah, it's the blue drink and it's, du- it's Dutch, so the food shit. its
1: just, The whole
0: thing was terrible, but it was an amazing experience. But anyway, we catch the public bus and the driver says, there's no room in the bus, you've got to sit on the fucking roof. So we have to climb up this ladder to get on the roof of the bus and take our bags and stuff and then I am sitting holding on for dear life to this ladder on the top of the bus with a massive hand of bananas. <laughs> i was just going, oh, well, if we crash, I'll have something to eat. You know, like it was just insane. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And
0: I look back on that and go, go girl. Yeah. Because that was so outside of my comfort
1: zone. But you do that again now. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. You have as to. As long be. as you had
1: the luxury hotel at the other end. Well, you need a little bit of a bolt hole, but
0: you need to be fit, you know, and it was hot. There was a lot of hiking, which is not my natural state, but I loved that. And, you know, seeing these enormous ant hills. So it was, look, it was fantastic, but it was (laughs) bloody confronting.
1: Take a few years off. Oh, yeah. Kath and Mish. From the hip. Because there's nowhere else I'd rather be shot from. Well, I was actually just having a conversation with someone today about that notion of traveling again on my own, which I realised I hadn't done since my twenties. But now as life's gone on and you know, the go- I'm in National Finish School end of next year. Yep. And I have now have this opportunity to travel yep. on my own again. Do you want to travel on your own again? Um certainly well, if there's somewhere I want to go then I would – I mean, I, I think travel is something that is great to do with someone else, to share yeah. that. Yeah. You know, I don't mind – I love movies on my own. I love various things on my own. But, yeah, travel is a good thing. It, it's that shared experience. But I, I still would go because I think in myself now yep. I would have a greater – we've got a greater sense of self, greater yep. sense of purpose and wits. Yeah. And then you have the choice of socialising or not. Yep. So it's not like the scared little 21-year-old who doesn't know what the hell the world's about.
0: Yeah, I know. But I, I've
1: got to say... I think uh, the loneliest time of on your own is the hotels at night.
0: Yeah. Like when and, I've travelled
1: on my own. Yeah, and
0: I've stepped outside hotels what the hell am I doing? in I was, India
1: and, and gone for dinner. But again, you've got to have your wits about you. And in India, oh um Just the God. coming back to the hotel by yourself, like that's not that fun really. And then, you know, the night passes, know. and then you get on to the next day. And it's yeah, fine. I, I, I don't mind that because you can always read, or you can go down to the bar but and I, meet I'd people. actually, I mean, you know, in answer to that further, I'd actually almost welcome some travel on my own because then you just there is no, n- absolutely no responsibility except to yourself. Well, that's right. You that's don't have actually, to answer to anyone no, if you want to stay in bed all day. You can if you yeah. want to go out on your own. You can. That's but appealing now. I think so we're, too, and more appealing
0: now. But you know, here is the dumb right. So we think that we're you know experienced travelers and you and I have done quite a lot of travel either with people or without. Mm. <sighs> the last time I was in India, when I went and did the Jaipur yoga thing and then I went down and did the schools, when I uh, and the charity stuff and then when I I flew out from Jaipur to Calcutta. So I had a couple of days in Calcutta on my own and I had a guide and everything and we went and did all of the you know the British stuff and all of that was great. And On the plane from Jaipur to Kolkata... I sat next to this amazing woman and she had and her husband had just been on a pilgrimage in Rajasthan because they were quite religious people. And An Indian she, woman. Indian woman, mm. partner. her name was. And she was absolutely fabulous. And we chatted all the way and her kids were all over the world and studying in Singapore and stuff. They were very sophisticated people. And she told me that her husband's family owned tea gardens up in Darjeeling or wherever they were. I said, oh, my God. God, that's the most amazing thing. Oh, she said, it's so beautiful, so beautiful. And anyway, they lived in Kolkata. And she said to me, you've never tasted anything like this tea. And I said, I bet you I haven't. So she said, where are you staying? And I told her and she said, I'm going to send you over some tea. Uh, she said, you've got to take it home and you've got to try it. I said, okay, perfect. That'd be great. So I went out the next day in Kolkata and did my touring and whatever, saw elephants in the street and, you know, crazy shit. Well, you know, Mother Teresa did all that. And anyway, I got back to the hotel and there was a parcel there for me and it was from partner and it was wrapped in newspaper and stuff. And it had a beautiful card saying, so lovely to meet you. Here's my email address. If you come back to Kolkata, please come and Meet us and and stay with us because and she told me they had a a temple in their house and they had staff and you know they were clearly very well-heeled Indians, so I just took this I just took this parcel and I put it in my luggage and I thought oh great, so packed up maybe I was leaving the next day, halfway across from Kolkata to home I thought, what if that parcel is not tea? What an idiot! I did not even open that parcel to check that it was tea, it could have been heroin. Mm. Do you know what I mean? This mm. is how this shit happens. And I'm 50. Mm. You fool. Yeah, but you had a good vibe with our partner. Well, I did have a good <laughs> vibe with our partner and we stayed in touch when I got home. I couldn't wait to open my case and make sure it was tea. Mm. And guess what? It was. It was tea. Right. Yeah. And it was the most delicious tea you've ever tasted. Mm. But I had this
1: absolute Panic attack. Oh well, there you go again. Like ruin your holiday and turn into a stress head all the way home. I didn't even look at the parcel. (laughs) You fool! I mean, honestly. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know how many. I mean, she wasn't dodgy. Well, she might have been. I don't. I think. I I think there'd be many who wouldn't look at the parcel. Really? Do you think? I just felt like an idiot. I
0: just thought you absolute fool. Well,
1: did they go through your case anyway? Uh, because you're still so. bringing in what unsealed goods. Oh, I suppose I don't know. I don't know. But have... I think back in the day, like I used to, you know, remember you go to the umpteen trips to Thailand, I'd just bring back packs of chili and curry powders, and they're not, what, it's you... not like they're in sealed things. Yeah, I'd bring back fresh, well, not fresh chilies, but dried chilies, just chuck them in my bag, spices. You're not what supposed to bring any of that. Of course, bag. you're not meant to bring it back. Oh, that bag. But all that got through in those days? I don't anyway. think there was anything, you know, and maybe then you'd have the odd shell that you picked up off the beach. Oh, hello, what's this? Sorry, control. you can't take that back. I, oh, hang on, but it's really – it's a shell. You can't bring shells back. Well – it... Would you like some dried chilies instead? But do you remember being on planes and, you you know, you'd arrive somewhere and they'd walk down the aisles with, with the seat to cans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Zzzz. Zzzz. Like that was going to do anything. Yeah. Like really? Yeah. insane well I, that's what i was saying to ash the other day like uh, you know people i said we used to smoke on planes no did you yeah I, I said we used to smoke in restaurants we used to smoke in bars i said i'm glad in offices in offices but going to japan in 96 yeah. smoking on planes wow 96 yeah and then it's not that long ago is it no it's not that long ago i think it just the door the iron curtain shut on that though which thankfully it did I oh, know. And even then if you elected not to be in the smoking section, I mean
0: duh. Yeah, 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 no, no. Bring it down this way.
1: Yeah, no, uh, that's good. What's your craziest travel thing? Oh, I don't know about craziest, but I did this trip in Europe with a girlfriend and in fact the only contact we had was the number of a guy who lived in Munich, which her sister had. We had no idea who he was what he did, anything. Anyway, we got to the station in Munich, rang Ulrich. Hi, Ulrich, we're here. We're, you know, I'm the sister of Megan, blah, blah. And um, so Ulrich turns up and we ended up, yeah, Ulrich's like 140 kilos. He's a piano mover who was the most divine, sweetest person. But again, we Could we're have been a little, psycho. Yeah, could have been. We're two little 21-year-olds who end up living in his flat and then with all his flatmates. And we ended up being this whole big posse. Yeah, So we used that as a base of coming and going. And at yeah. the time, it was 1990 and the Rolling Stones were doing a tour of Europe. And so we were thinking, oh, great, and we'd missed out on tickets in Germany and where are we going to go and where's the closest country? And, well, the closest country, which wasn't, was Copenhagen. It uh, was Denmark and right. Copenhagen, where we could find tickets to a gig. Right, So off we go, check on the, on the trains. And yeah, it but it's close, so it's easy, right? Well, yeah, sort of, but it's not close for Europe. But Mm, it's close for Australians in Europe. Yeah. So we trek up to Copenhagen, and we'd already been in Copenhagen earlier, right? And um, so we're semi-familiar with, and you know, super excited to go and see the Rolling Stones. And you know, life. I've I've actually had thwarted every time I've gone to see the Rolling Stones. I've been thwarted. Oh no, they're the best. So I've never, so I've never never seen the Rolling Stones. No, I've tried three times, and I've never seen them. Be it Copenhagen. Be it Sydney or even Hanging Rock. Hanging Rock was the last time Mick Jagger got a sore throat and went home. Mm. So the gig never happened. Uh-huh. So there we are. Anyway, up and, of course, what are you going to do when you're 21? Go and score some hash because that's what you're going to take to the and concert. And that's what they do in Europe. Yeah, and, you know, go to Christiania and go and get your block of hash. And Right. So there we were, early, up the front, right up the front, probably about two rows back, smoked the joint, Rolling Stones, come and get on. Anyway, of course then I get so stoned <laughs> <laughs> that I Tripping Losing out. your, I have shit. to turn, turn my back on the on the gig with the. I still remember the inflatable women. The it was brown sugar. Yeah, right. And so the inflatable brown sugar women on the side of the stage. But I have since turned my back, and I'm parting the crowd <laughs> like the red, <laughs> like <seat>. the red <laughs> like seat. the good Jew that you are, <laughs> floating. On, sat at the back. Really, don't remember the concert at all. Oh my. Like just dumb. (laughs) All right. Anyway, um, we've been talking. What are we doing? We've been talking crazy travel. kath has been talking crazy travel stories, which is great. Thanks, Kath. Thanks Thanks for being our guest today on From the Hip. (laughs) It's been wonderful (laughs) having you. Or you you... can go to my website. You know. Yeah. Will you come back again? Oh, yeah. To have you again. Of course. Okay. Well, that'll be wonderful. In fact, what would be good is we actually need to go and do some more travel again. Have you got anything booked? Italy in twenty twenty three. It's just a celebration with chicks. Mm. Um, Where so to? H- Sicily. Yep, mm. I'd love uh, to go to Sicily. Yeah, I've booked. Uh, I promised I was an eighteenth to Bali, yeah. which didn't happen. So we're going next year, which we've nice. booked. Nice. And again, like we said, just that booking of the travel is great. So exciting. And it's it's Bali. It's fabulous. The beautiful people. But yeah. we'll go somewhere different than we haven't been. Yeah, which is nice. Well, next thing for us is Hamilton in Sydney. And of course, we've cancelled that how many times? Mm. So, uh. Well, well Jason, and I've got Monofoma booked again. Have you? Yeah. See, again, we're going again, but this is a great thing. Oh, you love yeah, Monofoma. I love Monofoma. Yeah. Yeah, that's Hobart, yeah, but fine. That's an hour. Yeah. Still fun, still travel, still getting on a plane. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Give me a plane. But I'm back to Europe in 2023, too. I great. Reckon. Yeah. Okay. So, well, let's I don't get our passports we'll, meet you, I'll meet you at a bar. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll let's bring my henchmen. Yeah, let's have our wits about us. Eh? Well, it's all been right. lovely, Dom. Yeah, thanks so much, Kathy It's been wonderful. You never call me Kathy <laughs> I know. sad. <laughs> I, I have quite a few times. Have you? Tonight. Yeah. yeah all right. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right, we're going. Up, up, That's and away, for... baby. Yeah. Up, <laughs> up, and away. Faster, you your seat belts. Hip is a weekly podcast featuring Kath and Mish for and on behalf of From the Hip Enterprises, recorded in the studios of From the Hip. You can subscribe and find more episodes of From the Hip at FromTheHip.live on Instagram at FromTheHip underscore podcast. Search for From the Hip on Facebook and download wherever you'd like to get your podcasts. Until next time, stay fine, stay fearless, stay hip.